Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hello guys, happy Wednesday. It's really great to be back with you again. Today I wanted to talk about part two of what I spoke about last week, which was how our mothers affect us today. So uh, you can listen to these episodes completely individually, uh, but I would suggest that you go back and have a listen to last week, not only if you have a difficult relationship with your mum, but it's really good to understand other people, perhaps your partner who might have a difficult relationship, or you might be a leader, or it might be a friend that struggles. It just helps you to have some really good insight, I guess, into a relationship that does affect all of us. Um, So last week I spoke about the six different types of mothers. So that was the phantom mum, which is like the physically or emotionally absent mum. There's the China doll mum, you know, the mum that can't deal with their own emotions, let alone her child's emotions. The controlling mum who wants to control their child, even their adult children, and won't let them have a life of their own. Then we have the trophy mum who brags about herself or brags about her child, really feeding adult uh, narcissistic tendencies, I guess. Uh, then we've got the still the boss mum, who no matter how old you get, you remain the child and they remain the adult. And finally, the American Express mum, uh, which is part of the teen slash adult phase where they won't let you kind of leave and become your own person. And they still try to be over-involved and want to control you and maybe expect you to look after them. So that was the six mum types. Um, you know, to This can actually help us uh, in our own parenting. For those of you that listen who are parents or going to be parents, it's good for us to, like I read some of these and go, oh, shivers, I think that perhaps I've got a tendency to be a, you know, a still the boss mom. And so it can really help us just, um, and not only with our parenting, but even with, you know, how we lead people and how we relate to people. So uh, today I want to have a look at, I've got 15 quick points that I want to go through on really practical ways on how you can deal with a perhaps difficult mother relationship that you might have now. But first, before we do that, I want to give you some insight from the Bible that really kind of became my saving grace as I was growing up. And it probably, um, it really helps us because Jesus actually redefined what the family is and what the family's meant to be. And I think that within this, there's so much gold because it helps to give us strategies on how we can cope with our family now and where we should be getting our support from now. But if you go and have a look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 46 to 50, and I'll read it out to you. It says this, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. There's actually so much just in that. It's like, There's nothing like your family who think they can make demands on you, right? You might be in the middle of something, but family can make demands. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he replied to them, to him, sorry, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus was not saying 
that Mary was a bad mother. He wasn't saying that they're not my family. What he was doing was redefining family as having more to do with the spiritual and relational ties than blood ties. Let me just say that bit again. Jesus was redefining family. He wasn't saying that Mary and his brothers were not his family or that they were a bad family, but he was redefining that family really has more to do with the spiritual and relational ties than blood ties. So in other words, Mary might have been his biological mother, but what made her truly part of his family was the shared desire to love and accept God and do whatever the father willed for them which is what that last part of the verse said, that is family. So that explains why my church family growing up became my family. And if any of you have heard my previous podcast, you know that the friends that I made when I was growing up in my late teens and early adults, I've got a group of friends that are still our closest friends and my closest friends to this day. Why? Because exactly that scripture explains it. Because family is not just to do with blood ties, it's to do with spiritual and relational ties as just as much because we all were serving God together. And so that is very, very powerful. So um, one of my favorite Psalms, which is Psalm verse 68, verse 6, talks about how God sets the lonely in families. And um, I think that that could be anything. That could be, you know, a blood family, but it can also be a non-blood family. And it also says, though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. And that's my story. The Lord took me up. And I was um, someone that was lonely and struggling with my family. And the people from church became my family. So God designed it this way. Um I got from them what I couldn't or wasn't getting from home. And that is so incredibly healing. So let's move on to the strategies on how to deal with a difficult mother relationship. I spoke of the book last week, Our Mother, Ourselves by Townsend and Cloud. Make sure, and I've had a few people message me and say, oh my gosh, I'm going to get that book. So some of these strategies come from that book, but they're also um, very much from my own kind of personal experience as well. But it really depends on kind of what issue you have as to which strategy you might need to employ. So I'm just going to go through them and give you some examples along the way. So the first thing I would say is try, if you can, to talk it out with your mum if she's open to it. Some mums aren't aware of what it is that they've, um, perhaps the way that they've parented or the effect that it might've had on you. And they're really willing and open to having a conversation with you. So if you can try, you know, broaching the situation with your mum and having a conversation with her, because that really is the number one ultimate way to deal with this whole situation of having a difficult relationship with your mum. But if that doesn't happen, um, then there's a whole heap of other things that we should do. And remember last week I said that it's really important that we don't cast blame, but we own it. Because when we own it, we can do something about it and we can move towards healing and, and forgiveness so that it's not something we carry um, as, a, as a victim the rest of our life. So secondly, if you can't talk to your mum, or she won't change. You actually might need to let go of your desire for your mum to change. 
Like you might otherwise spend the next 20 years going, I wish my mum would change. I wish my mum would change. But you know what? In some instances, people just won't change. And that's sad, but that's kind of life. And you know what you need to do with that is actually to grieve it out with a trusted person. It's really hard, isn't it, when you see your friends have really good relationships with their mum, but you don't. But you know what? You've got to just be disappointed and feel that and acknowledge it and find a trusted friend that you can grieve that out with. Thirdly, I would set up an alternative support network for yourself. So if you can't go to your mum because of the difficult relationship, then make sure that you've got support elsewhere. This gives you safety. These people become your safety net. And what this does is helps you separate in a healthy way from your mum. And as you do, what happens is you've kind of got like a new home base. So that way you can just, you know, enjoy the relationship you can have with your mum, but put your home base uh, or your network, get that from somewhere else and be be kind of intentional about that. Decide in your mind who that's going to be. Fourthly, if she does still try to mother you, don't let her, but just know that she will be frustrated, but we just need to allow her to be frustrated. But don't respond in anger because if you do, it means that she still actually has control over you. So we've got to learn to deal. And again, this is that whole take responsibility. We've got to learn to deal with our own internal self, because if your mum still is getting to you, then you know, okay, I need to work on this. I need to work on myself. I need to work on the walls and the internal boundaries that I have here. But make it your problem, not hers. Okay. Cause if you want to keep shifting the blame, then you're always going to expect her to fix it. And if number one never happened, you couldn't talk it out, then it's not going to be fixed. And so the onus becomes on you. Okay. Fifthly, I would change my expectation of what my relationship with my mum is going to look like. This was a really big one you know, for me. So like I said before, you kind of got to grieve out what you don't have and be realistic about what you can expect. Because when you actually change your expectations, it releases her and it releases you. It's very powerful because a lot of the time when we get frustrated in our relationships, it's because we have an expectation of somebody else that either they are incapable of fulfilling or they don't even know that they're meant to be fulfilling it because they're not mind readers. And so we need to take those things to God because only God should be the person fulfilling that in our life. And so we can't expect our mum to either to change and meet those needs or um, for her to even know that we have those needs. So release yourself and release her by releasing your expectations. And what it does, it actually protects you from being constantly disappointed. You might have to grieve having a person to look up to or having that one person that all your friends seem to be able to rely on their mums, but you can't. You know, you might hear other people talk about how amazing their mums are and how often they go out together and what they do for them and how they're there for them. And this is going to make you feel sad and that's okay. It's very similar to the other one about, you know, grieving that out, but we need to release those expectations, be happy for our friends and go, you know what, that is an expectation that I cannot have on my mum for my life. But what it does do, it actually makes you determined to be a different person and a different kind of mum for your kids. I know that's been very powerful for me. Um, Okay. Number six 
set limits on yourself, okay, by not relying on her for what you need. All right, so you need to set limits on yourself. So these are all very similar, but they kind of build on one another. So don't don't allow yourself then to rely on her. And this isn't done out of a out of a grudge or out of a you know um, it's not lashing out. It's just you know what I can't rely on my mum for these things. I'm taking ownership of my life, and this could be physically or emotionally. So if you aren't already, be responsible for your own functional tasks. For example, if you've moved out of home, or even if you live at home, but you have a bit of a strained relationship, do your own laundry, you know, pay your own bills, have your own insurance policies. Um, You know, if you're out of home and you've got kids, find other people to babysit your kids. So you're not always relying on your mum all the time. So that way you're actually setting limits on yourself. But then number seven, set limits also on her. Now, these might be, again, relational limits, emotional limits, physical limits. A very powerful thing to do is to not get drawn in by her. Um, You might have to actually at times ignore different things that she says to you or ignore different manipulative uh, comments that she makes to you. Um, If you find yourself too vulnerable, remove yourself from the conversation, remove yourself from the situation. Um, and just remind yourself that you've released your mom of any expectation to change. You're not going to argue. So you're going to set limits on yourself and you're going to set limits on her, especially if, for example, you know that if she, for example, you know, pays for certain bills or something like that, that there's kind of strings attached to it. Put a limit. Don't let her do those things for you. Set a limit on yourself and on her. Number eight, very powerful again. And, and another point about this whole uh, limiting your relationship with your mum is relate where she can. Okay, relate where she can. So in other words, don't ask for what she can't deliver, just enjoy what she can. So for example, really practical example, you might not be able to rely on your mum emotionally after having a baby. There might be too much emotional tension between you. She might use your vulnerability to gain control. So if you know that, don't ask for help from your mum after having a baby, but do what you can. Relate where she can. Go and meet her for coffee. You know, ask her, mum, could you go and buy me some nappies? You know, just do get her involved in your life, but on your terms in a way where she will enjoy and you will enjoy. And then that leads me to number nine, love her in the, in your best way. So find ways that you can enjoy your mom, find ways that you can love her. It might be a phone call. It might be taking her out for coffee. It might be going shopping together, whatever it is that your mom loves to do. I don't know, go and take her to Bunnings and look for gardening, you know, plants or something if she likes gardening, but love her in your best way. Number 10, find people who help you become you. This is really important. So you need to find people in your life who will help you to become your own person, especially if you've had a still the boss mum, where you might perhaps feel like you're always the kid in every situation you walk into. You need to put people in your life who will help you to find who you are, people who will teach you to say no, maybe people that will help you to disagree with other people's opinions, 
people who will help you confront others. That's a really important tool as well. Uh, You know, I was told most of my life things like, oh, you're just like me. You don't make friends easily or you're doing too much. You're giving too much. You're going to burn out. I was told all of those kinds of things growing up. And I then put other people in my life and other friends who helped me redefine my boundaries and redefined who I was. And I realized as I started to grow up, no, I'm not that. I do make friends easily. I am someone who loves giving. My capacity is a lot larger than what my mum's is. So I'm not going to burn out. And so I needed to redefine who I was and how I wanted to live my life, not based on who my mum told me that I was. So that might really relate to you. So find people who will help you become you. Number 11, find people who will help you learn how to get emotionally close to others. You might find that maybe you're someone who doesn't let yourself get fully close to people. I probably was a bit like this because I became super independent because I had to look after myself a lot of the time, particularly emotionally. And so I needed to put people around me who were willing to um, to draw me out and to push in in a healthy way, to help me talk out uh, the issues that I was facing, that would help me talk out my feelings, that would, you know, this one was really important. When people stayed connected to me in conflict, that was really important to me because um I wasn't very good at confronting because all that had been modeled to me was if there's a problem, then you don't talk it out. You give the silent treatment because I'd been given the silent treatment for years. And so I needed people in my life that, um, in fact, I, it was very powerful for me even to watch. I remember watching when I was a teenager in my early twenties, I would watch Sam and Russell, who were my pastors. I watched them relate. I was in their house a lot of the time and I remember seeing them fight you know, at times I might have a bit of an argument in front of me and I'd hold my breath and think, oh my gosh, this is it. They're not going to cope with this. Uh, One of them is going to go silent, but they didn't. They had such a healthy way of moving through it. And that was very powerful for me because I saw good confrontation being modeled to me. So if that's you, find someone that you can watch even from a distance. I had a young girl say to me a couple of months back, I watch you and Cameron in church. I love it that Sometimes you and Cameron are just next next to each other in church and he'll put his arm around you or he'll give you a kiss on the cheek or he'll hold your hand. And, you know, I I um, I didn't realize, um, but then I really should have realized because I used to be that girl. I was that person hungry to see other people model functional, healthy relationships. And so find people that will model that for you, but find people who will help you become emotionally close and deal with the different fallouts and issues that you might have from the way that you've been raised. Um, Number 12, find, this is continued from that, find people who are honest with you. Find people who will, you know, give you truthful feedback. Um, especially about maybe your tendency to withdraw or your tendency to comply or your tendency maybe to get angry or to not confront or whatever it is. I remember someone saying to me once, oh, you have a relational tendency to get close to people and then as soon as you get close, you pull away. 
And um, this was someone that I looked up to that said that to me. And I was like, no, I don't. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I do. And having someone just be honest and they weren't saying that as a judgment to me. They were saying it because they loved me and they wanted me to, they wanted to help me to change that. But just being aware that that was what I was doing and I didn't know it was really very powerful because then I could change. You, you can't change what you're not aware of. But you know, help find people that will give you truthful feedback who help you to be wrong in an argument because that's better than avoiding an argument at all. Um, I remember Russell pointing out to me once, he he laughed at me because I went over to talk to him and Sam about some issue I was having. Um, and he goes, you're such a crisis person. I'm like, what do you mean I'm a crisis person? He goes, this is so you, this is your pattern. I'm like, what pattern? I don't have a pattern. He's like, yeah, you cope and you cope and you cope and you cope and you've got this huge you know, capacity. And then all of a sudden poof, you blow, you cry or you want to give everything up or you're, you, you have a crisis, you're a crisis person. And I was, and he, he, again, he said it in love, but when he pointed that out, I was like, I do too. That is exactly what I do. And so seeing that helped me to change that. So find people in your life who are honest with you, who can help you. Um, make sure that you have people number 13 who won't allow you to be codependent. So often, and go back to last podcast, often we can have people, when, when we've had a mum that's raised us in a particular way, we find it hard to adult ourselves by ourselves, And so we develop a lot of codependent relationships, like we, we are too afraid to function on, on our own and we need to rely on someone else physically or emotionally. Um, we need to remember that loving someone and caretaking someone are two separate things. And um, it's very easy to fall into the trap of, well, if you love me, you'll take care of me. And that, that goes both ways. We can demand that. Well, if you love me, you'll take care of me, but other people can demand it of us. And so we need to have people in our life that won't allow us to be codependent. I know I've seen a lot of people, I, I don't know whether maybe it's more girls, but I've seen a lot of girls where I think, gee, their relationship is actually codependent. It's not healthy. Um, so Cameron's really good for me in this, uh, not so much because I have a tendency to be codependent, but you know, if my mum tries to be codependent, then Cameron's really good. And he'll set up a boundary for me all the time. He helps me with that. He helps me to be strong with a boundary that, you know, I love you, but I am not responsible to always take care of you. I, I will to a degree, of course, cause that's what we do for family, but not to an unhealthy degree. And his parents are really good too for me because, again, they're modeling a very functional relationship. His parents, who we have, you know, over for dinner and we're very close, but they're not codependent on us. They've got their own life and it's very healthy. And I love spending time with them because of that. Okay, we're nearly there. Number 14, make sure that you don't parent yourself if you're a parent or even if you're not, but you're going to be one day. Don't parent out of your relational deficiency with your mum. It's really easy to do that. That's why it's important to be aware of your relational deficiencies, be aware of the patterns that you've developed, and then don't parent out of those yourself. So for example, you might find yourself being almost too distant with your child because you had a mum who was too dependent or clingy, or maybe the opposite. You had an absent mum, and so you find yourself being too too dependent, too much of a helicopter mum with your children. So just be careful not to parent out of your relational deficiencies. Number 15, 
oh, I've actually got 16. I said 15. Remember that you are just one of your um, members of your mum's support network system. You are not the network support system. You're not the only network support system. You are one of the network support system. So definitely by all means support her, but you're not the only person. It's not your responsibility to be her parent or to be her best friend. Um, you want to be able to support her without feeling that you have to do or be everything, which leads me to the last one, number 16, do what you can to help your mum find friends of her own. You know, let her know that your time is given wholeheartedly, but there's only so much of it. So make sure that she's got other networks that she can rely on. And this might be really important if you live away, like interstate from your mum. Make sure that she's got a support network. So there you go. I think we got through those in really good time, actually. What are we at? Oh my gosh, 25 minutes. Okay, brilliant. Um, so let me just finish with, don't forget the thing that I always say is, you know, we have, we have God with us and we've got the Holy Spirit and he knows us. He knows how we were brought up. He knows our mums. Um, and so he knows our particular relational struggles and he's got the ultimate wisdom to help us know how to navigate that relationship. So don't forget to pray. That's a really important thing as well. So anyway, I feel like that went so fast today. Oh my gosh. Um, so again, like I said, please share, um, please subscribe, please rate the podcast, which I think you can only do on Apple from my understanding on iTunes. Um, and also on Mondays, as you know, I've got my parenthood episodes. Wednesdays is the leadership episodes. So make sure that you listen to those and share those as well, which is awesome. Alrighty. I cannot wait to be back with you guys next week. Meanwhile, please come and say hi to me on social media. Uh, let me know how much this might have helped you because I love that. I always love hearing from you guys. Anyway, have an absolutely incredible week and I will see you guys on Monday. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.